The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Today is World Asthma Day, and Rachel Murray is a, a severe asthma sufferer uh, with me. Rachel, you're very welcome to the show, and thanks for taking the time. Um, I, I suspected when I'd be talking to you, you were going to tell me that you know you kind of consistently had awful problems with asthma right throughout your life, but you didn't. I mean, you've always had it, but it got an awful lot worse as you got older. Is that fair? Yeah, and thanks very much, Karen, for having me on. And um, yeah, I'm not sure. Kind of, I suppose typical. Typically, a lot of people think. Um, I suppose you get it in childhood. Yeah. Um, I had quite a lot of chest infections. It probably was there, and um, it wasn't diagnosed until I was a teenager. Um, I was quite active when I was a teenager. I was actually kickboxing, and um, I was at a tournament, and I didn't really know what was happening. And it turns out I was having an asthma attack. Um. So diagnosed when I probably, I think it was around 13, 14. And it was quite, like, I managed it quite well as a teenager. Maybe was in hospital once a year, quite frequently in with the GP trying to manage it. But, I mean, I would have been on the mild end of the spectrum. It wasn't until I was 21 and I ended up, I, again, was quite fit at the time, was running. I had a chest infection, ended up triggering an attack. And I kind of went downhill from there. I moved that year, that September, to the UK, and um, I ended up with double pneumonia. God. And my lungs um, never recovered, so it's kind of been downhill since then, and 2018 onwards, um, I suppose I would have on like the spectrum of asthma, severe brittle asthma, and um, it's, you know, it's something that impacts me daily. It's not a case of that I might have a flare-up maybe once a year and it's well-controlled. Other than that, um, I suffer with it daily and um, I'm only out of hospital actually a week. Um, I was in for a week with it and just recovery every time seems to just get longer and longer. Mm. And can I ask you then, uh, Rachel, because I think a lot of people would have been like me, they, they kind of suspect or they expect that most people just have it through childhood and, and they've maybe gotten used to dealing with it when they get to URAs. So well, what have the doctors told you? What 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 brought it? Was it always there, but it just didn't flare up? Did you kind of develop it later in life? How did it happen? Um, I, I suppose like the pneumonia, um, more than likely in my case, triggered something. Um, but like asthma can be diagnosed um, as an adult as well. It's not necessarily just in children. I think people just have a perception of asthma that you have this blue inhaler and you take this inhaler and stops it and it fixes it. Whereas for some of us who are at the, I suppose, more severe end of the spectrum, we're dealing with um, symptoms daily, hospitalizations, um, flare-ups quite frequently. And it's life-threatening for me and other people that are in my circumstances. And I don't have um, asthma kind of in subtypes as well. Like someone might have allergies with their asthma, so they could have Mm. allergic asthma and um, they may be able to fail of new biologicals but there are people like me who don't fit into this category and we rely on medications called steroids and um, so it is quite difficult and that's why I really enjoy working with um, the Asthma Society in Ireland and their anniversary this year they're doing work for 50 years now and it's absolutely amazing for people like myself that we have the support and contact there with other people um, when we find it less when we need it, I suppose. And, and in between those hospitalizations, Rachel, how, how do you manage the asthma? Like, is it, is it through medication? Do you have inhalers? Yeah, like I, and again, medication varies and it depends on what your doctor would put you on, but I would be on four inhalers and then I have an at-home nebulizer 
that nebulizer comes with me all the time um, and dependent, um, I suppose, on how I am daily. That's how many nebulizers I might need to take. They're like uh, vaporized and they're put into a machine. Um, I'm also someone as well, unfortunately, who's on long-term steroids um, and they're not particularly pleasant and they come with a whole host of side effects. Um, and I'm on other tablets as well for my asthma and um, just to try and keep the airways open. I suffer a lot with inflammation and in the morning time I'll have to make sure I do nasal rinses, keep my nasal passages clear and uh, breathing exercises to clear my lungs as well mm. because there's a lot of secretions down there. So it's a, a full time job. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. Listen, Dr. Matt O'Fuelon is with us as well. He's a GP with a special interest in, in respiratory care. Uh, Matt, I mean, how often are you presented with, with, with patients like Rachel? You know, again, I, I want to kind of labour the point, but I do kind of, the, the kind of stereotype I, I have in my head is the kid with the kind of the scary asthma attack, the nebulizer, and then they learn to manage it with their blue and brown inhalers as they get older. Rachel's is a very different story. Yeah, I suppose Rachel's case would be common enough. I mean, one in 50, or yeah, it would be common enough in Ireland. It wouldn't be your everyday presentation to general practice, but it would be very common in the hospital outpatients uh, where a lot of people like Rachel would get care for. Um, so it's certainly the more um, higher end of the spectrum, mm. but not so unique as to be unheard of or something I haven't come across before. Um, I think we're quite bad in Ireland at, at managing the lower end of the spectrum, most people would see it as you would characterise it. Take a blue inhaler and you might get a bit breathless uh, when you're running around playing football. Um, but that's not, you know, that isn't what most uh, people experience and many people will experience. And there are people like Rachel who are on the far extreme end of, of the spectrum. Um, it's kind of scary to think that one in 13 people in Ireland have asthma. Uh, at the moment, one in 10 children have asthma. Um and traditionally, we don't manage it that well. Mm. We hospitalise a lot of patients. Um, what I would always tell my patients is that poorly controlled asthma, uh, every attack almost takes away a little bit of lung function and you only have a finite amount of it. So it's really important to control it um, with the good advice from the doctors, with your inhalers, and not become reliant on just your reliever. Ireland is very fond of its blue inhaler for relief, and we haven't historically been quite as good at controlling it using the controller as a daily controller medication. And sorry, Matt, when you say one in 13 have asthma, one in 10 children have asthma, yeah. do, do children grow out of it or is the problem getting worse? Um, there is a, the perception that, that children go out of it. Um, and, you know, I, I would often be kind of, that would often be said to me during consultations. Um, but I don't, I don't see that in my clinical practice. Um, I think a lot of people get used to it. Uh, a lot of kids, as they get older, just accept the symptoms and say, well, you know, that's my asthma. Um, but I would have lots of patients presenting with chest infections who get very wheezy, very breathless, um, very tight in the chest with a chest infection, which isn't what most other people who have no history of asthma, they don't experience that. Okay. So a lot of people minimise their symptoms or aren't aware that the asthma is bubbling away in the background um, because they've gotten used to the limitations. Okay, so so maybe it's it's the case that you know it's one in ten across the board, but as people get older, they either think they've grown out of it, or maybe they were just never properly diagnosed. Yeah, exactly. They 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 almost like a frog who's put into cold water and slowly heated up. They don't jump out of it, and um, they're used to the limitations. I think that is normal life, and um, 
And when, you know, recurrent chest infections that present differently manifest, they're surprised that they get the diagnosis of asthma. But when you go back through their history carefully and you point out their limitations that they reported to you, it kind of drops that they had poorly controlled asthma or um yeah, I, I know it's kind of a, 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 as cliches go, it's a fairly grim one. But you know, people often say the, the worst type of condition to have is a rare one because there's there's less money for drug companies in in coming up with solutions to the problem. I mean, I take it given those numbers, one in ten people with asthma, a, a, treatments must be being invested in all the time and improving all the time, are they? Yeah, there's certainly kind of a, a wide range, and, and Rachel touched on that. There's the the, the high end biologics. Um, that kind of change in the immune system. Um, but the, the mainstay for most people would be their controller inhaler. Um, there's various types, dual and, and, and single ones. Um, but um, they're the, the bedrock of managing asthma is the controller mm. inhaler taken every day, not just the blue inhaler when you're in trouble. Right. Uh, and that will keep most people at bay. Yeah. Rachel, the way you describe it, I mean, the, it, it's... It, sounds like a very life-limiting condition for you, is it? Yeah, like it can be. I mean, I've missed out on lots of events and even like, you know, smaller things like, um, you know, dates with friends sometimes have to be put on hold and, you know, work uh, can be quite difficult. But like as Dr. Quaylon said, you know, for the majority of people, if they're taking their controller inhaler, you know, it's not life-limiting in that sense. And I think that's what happens with regards to asthma, that people generally think, well, I'm doing well, I'm feeling well, they don't uh, take it. And um, that's, you know, the key. Um, and I suppose I'm someone who is quite well-educated. Um, I'm used to it at this point, so I know the importance of it. Um, and Asthma Ireland, you know, they are brilliant. They have a virtual conference on this Thursday online for absolutely everyone. And um, it's Asthma Care for All. It's open to everyone, the general public. And um, just if they do need advice, um, and I suppose sometimes, you know, we are... It's a frightening disease. We are afraid to kind of question it or ask questions about it. And they have an advice line there as well for people to reach out to answer any questions. Um, and I just do, I think it's important um, to make sure that you're on top of your medications because um, I suppose I am very aware of it because I'm on the more severe end of the spectrum, but it could potentially have people who are um, suffering with it that have a mild end towards the end of the spectrum mm. that they're taking their medications properly. Well, Asthma Care for All is the name of that conference as, as Rachel mentioned and if you just Google it there you'll find all the details. It is open to the public and it is a, a huge uh, source of information uh, for people. Uh, Rachel Murray, a severe asthma uh, sufferer as you would have heard her describe and Dr Matt on GP with special interest in respiratory care. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from 4 on News Talk.